Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us again on the Audit Podcast. Today, we have John Tabor. He is the Internal Audit Manager at Casey's and maybe more interesting to me anyway. He is also host of the Audit 15 Fun Podcast. When I was on John's podcast, again, the Audit 15 Fun Podcast, a few weeks ago, I said, all right, dude, it's your turn. When you coming on, when you coming on the Audit Podcast? And so we finally made it happen. Uh, a few things that we talk about are resume and interview tips, largely, and considering the amount of movement uh, within internal auditors and the, seemingly the rest of the professional world. Thought this would be a really good episode to have. So John shares some of those uh, resume and interview tips, some success stories that he's had in helping a few folks um, get that job that they were looking for. And then we also talk about some of the biggest takeaways or lessons learned and hosting his own podcast relative to like, what have you learned from the guests that you've had? And then if you are a frequent listener to the audit podcast, you know that we almost always ask our guests, if you could grab every auditor in the world by the shoulders, shake them and tell them to do just this one thing, then what would that be? And so John said, Hey, um, I've heard that question. <laughs> I've heard you ask it and I want to answer it. So, uh, we hit on that one also. If you have not checked out John's show, uh, be sure to do that. There is a link in the show notes. Here we go. If you could grab every auditor by the shoulders in the world and shake them and have them do just this one thing, what would that be? Uh, this is going to sound a little bit harsh. <laughs> it may sound a little harsh to some people, but I would say lead follow or get out of the way mm -hmm. so and what i mean by that is you know you if you think about it our profession we we get a bad reputation just because of our name right, right. audit you know who who wants audit to come in right so from from the get-go we are at a disadvantage so my uh my my take on this is you know you need to have people who are passionate in the profession because that is the way that we will change how others perceive the profession is by having people who are passionate people who care and so that, that that's what i would say it, it may sound a little bit harsh to some but uh I, I think that's the only way that we can change the perception that others have from from internal audit 
Yeah. Sometimes the truth is a hard pill to swallow, right? Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm glad you were. Uh, I'm glad I like that answer. I think it's a great answer. And I'm glad that you had a great answer because I know when we've talked before, you said, Hey, Trent, I like that question you, you asked on your podcast. And I want to make sure uh, <laughs> yes. that we can cover that one too. So anything less than a stellar answer, I'd have been like, John, did you even like try on this? Or... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, if you think about it, it's like the only way for us change how how we're called right it's like if we change it to like the continuous improvement department maybe people are going to perceive us a little better than they perceive audit but is that going to happen no <laughs> you know yeah. we're not going to change the the name of the profession so what's the next best thing that we can do the next best thing that we can do is uh make sure that we have people who are passionate in the profession who care and who want to do you know their best and i mean like for the most part, we have people who want to do their best, but you you need to make sure that, uh, you know, with your teams and with your organizations, that is the best way that we will change how internal audit is perceived. It's within each organization that we work in and by having people who care. Yeah. And I know you do what some campus recruiting and things like that. Uh, that's kind of kind of blends in or segues into the kind of the topic of 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 today. And so do you use that as an opportunity to kind of spread the message of, hey, this is what audit actually is. Like, we're not IRS, you know, we're not tax folks. This is what it is. Is that where you find, um, I guess, kind of your way of making that change? Yeah, absolutely. I don't go out to campuses, but I've, we've had university students come to uh, to our campus here and visit. And we had the opportunity to talk about audit. And, I, you know, my first question to them was and when I asked you uh what you think about audit you know what's the first thing that comes to mind when i see the word audit everybody talks, says iris mm -hmm. or you know something that sounds kind of boring or <laughs> yeah and you know it, it could not be further from the truth and that's what i try to convey you know we had a, a presentation to a group of students and that's what i told them it's you know it's exciting you know it's a it's a profession that is super exciting and the best thing about it is you know it gives you so many opportunities later on in your career it's like you know if if that's not your passion and by the way i do want to clarify like you know people don't do not need do not need to necessarily be completely passionate about the profession their entire career right, right. if you're passionate about it and you or if you want to move into a different area, that is completely fine. And I think internal audit gives you that opportunity. What other profession will give you the opportunity to move into a different field or to a different area within uh, your organization that gives you that broad view? You know, you can see everything, how it works before you actually go in. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah you can almost uh, do like an assessment or like an interview yourself and going, okay, I just looked at this area. And I would never want to do that. You know, it almost gives you that option of, of right. feeling out like in the real world, what it's actually like. Right. Absolutely. You're like job shadowing, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's part of your job, right? Yeah. So excellent point. All right. Well, I think that, yeah, that's a good segue into the overall topic for today and building your resume and interview tip. So let's say um, you, you know, you're an auditor and you do find that position maybe or that group that you would want to work for what what's like the overall approach and i know you've helped folks with interview prep and with their resumes what's the like an overall approach relative to the the guidance you would provide on someone in updating their resumes or, or beefing it up 
Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to make the disclaimer here that I'm not a resume expert by any means, mm -hmm. but I've been contacted by some people who want to get into the profession or who want to move up in the profession. So I'll, I'll give a couple of stories here. So the first one is even before I started my podcast, I had a, a gentleman, I, I had published my, uh, an article on the Internal Audit 360 website and it got some visibility. I had a gentleman from Australia who contacted me for, for a, a contractor position here in the U.S. You know, kind of interestingly, but I was like, okay, that yeah. sounds cool. But I was, wasn't interested at the time. And I said, hey, but I know someone who may be interested because I, I, I knew a guy who is a veteran who has not been in the internal auto profession, but he had an interest. So I, I was able to make that connection between the person in Australia and the person in LA, and they ended up working together. So I, I thought there was a, it was a good, uh, good way to use, um, you know, uh, you know, the, you know, the connections from LinkedIn that I had. Yeah. So, uh, but as far as like resume building, so, and the reason I tell that story is because that gentleman, the the veteran uh, from LA, later contacted me, and he's like, "Hey, I'm trying to get for real in this internal auto profession, and he had that contractor experience. Like, how? What's the best way for me to do so?" And I'm like, "Okay, can you? Set, you know, the first thing that I ask people when they come up with that question is, can I see your resume?" Yeah. <laughs> so he sent me his resume to me, and it was six pages long, and it had stuff from that was like from you know several years ago, and I'm like, "Okay, okay." <laughs> let's uh, make it a little shorter here. And so I would say the first advice that we have for people who are, you know, um, updating their resume or trying to make it more appealing is to make it short. Mm -hmm. And then the second piece of advice that I would have, which also apply in this situation is make it results based. Okay. Um, and by that, I mean, like, you know, you're doing your job, you're, you're an internal audit or whatever profession you're in, and, you know, you're putting your resume, you know, data entry, whatever it is, that sounds like, you know, that doesn't tell me anything that you accomplished yeah. in the job that you're doing. And people, managers, whoever is hiring, they're interested in the results that you can bring to the organization. What, what can you bring and what best way to show that then on your resume? So make it results driven resume and would you say as you're saying that i was thinking we had a guest on recently and we talked about like audit findings um and the question that this is a, an audit executive the question they would ask basically their, their like their primary feedback you know uh, comment review note was so what you know like what's the right you know, okay so what and so as i was thinking about that uh, as you were talking do you think it'd be almost a good practice like okay you have your resume go bullet by bullet and then go so what? And if there's no so what to it, you almost maybe that puts you in the mindset of like, okay, this is how we can make it. Uh, what is it? Results geared? Is that how you put it? Results yeah, results driven? based, results yeah. driven. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's an excellent. I, I think that's an excellent approach, Trent. And you know, <laughs> so now people know. Hey, you can contact Trent because. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is uh, that is not in my wheelhouse either. And I see these things on LinkedIn. You know, there, you mentioned you're not like a resume interview like coach necessarily but uh, you've definitely helped some people and so um i think your expertise uh in that area i think uh is valid but um yeah i see these folks on linkedin and they're like that's all they do is they just help people with their resumes and to see some of the you know the the tips and 
um, ways to go about it. It's just, it, it seems like it's almost changed over the last 10 or 15 years since I uh, had to really apply anywhere. Um, so yeah, it almost seems like there's a science to it now, but, um, so you did tell that story about the, the person from Australia. Do you have other stories just to, again, like if somebody's listening and they go, yep, um, interview and resume tips. Great. I want that. And the first thing John says is, Hey, I'm not really an expert at this. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm go, well, All right. But I think, I think in, uh, speaking to some of the almost use cases of like the people that you've helped, I think would, would add some, uh, almost validity to that. Do you have other stories of folks that you've helped and how you've helped them and uh, almost like the process you've helped implement with them? Yeah, yeah. I, I do have an example that comes to mind. Uh, uh, and this was in my previous job. I used to work for FedEx. And there, at the time that I was with the company, they were doing what's called the STAR method of interviewing. Mm -hmm. It's a situation, task, action and result so i don't know if they still do that but at the time that i was there that's what they did and uh, we had an international team uh, people who were based in the u.s people who were based in other countries and it was a big network uh, of professions of professionals there in the internal audit department and i had a connection with someone who's outside of the u.s and that person was applying for a job here in the u.s just moving countries same position within the internal audit department and because it was a requirement at the time at, uh, with the company. I don't know if it still is, but you had to go through the interview process and they have that method, the STAR method. And that person, uh, he, well, he, he approached me after he had been rejected for the position, yeah. <laughs> which I'm like, I, I kind of made it my mission to help him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I have some experience here and I think I can help you, man. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I didn't, you know, he told uh the feedback that they got from the interviewers was you, you didn't do well on the star questions. I'm like, you know, that's kind of a silly, silly reason, but yeah. okay, I'll help you out, man. So uh, I, again, asked for his resume, try to make it a little more results uh, driven, results based. And I, the process that I went, uh, that I, you know, went through with him was just think about like different scenarios, different stories, uh, that you can think of and what were the results and what was the situation? What was the task at hand? What was the action that you took? Not someone else on the team, mm -hmm. not the team as a whole. What was the action that you personally took and what was the result? And that process, like a lot of people, you may say that to people, you know, come up with a, a star uh, method for interviewing or for your resume and people may think like, Oh, I really don't have anything, but you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. people do. If, if they think about it, if they stop and think about it, everybody has a story, man. So you just need to kind of dig in and think about, uh, experiences that you had and different things. And the best thing about, uh, in my view, the best thing about having that type of thinking is maybe even if you don't have a lot of stories, that's the way it kind of shifts the way that you think about uh, how you go about uh, performing your job that you can create different stories in the future. So, mm. you know, maybe there's a project right now today that you can sit down and think about what are the results that I want to get from this project. So that's what I would like to challenge every internal audit out there just to think about what are you bringing to the table? What are the results that you're bringing to the table? And, in this person's experience, it did help uh, them. They this was a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, a little over a couple of years ago. Uh, the person did uh, get the position. They moved to the U.S. I still keep in touch with the person. So, I you know I 
everybody has potential. You just need to dig in and find out, uh, uh, kind of just have a catalog of your results, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, And so we've put the resume together, made it through, now we're at the interview. And this is where you're talking about that star method, right? right. Um, and having those stories put together. What else would you, what other kind of guidance could you pass along relative to, all right, now I'm at the interview, now what? Like, how could we prepare better for that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, this this has always been my approach whenever I was applying for a job. Um, always, you know, in the U.S., if it is a U.S.-based company, they have to, if it is a public uh, traded company, they have to file their 10Ks and uh, financial statements with the SEC. So that there's just a wealth of information there that's available for the company that you're applying to if it is a public, publicly traded company. So review the 10Ks, review their financial statements, try to understand about the industry, try to understand about the company. If they're a private company, just try to do as much research as you can. But I will tell you, Trent, I think that is the first step. Mm -hmm. That is not the last step. And um, I would say something else that I've I've learned about just uh, from uh, you know from other conversations that I have with people in the field of uh, another good method that I think would be very uh, effective in applying would be thinking about like look at the job description, think about how can I be helping this organization within the next three six months. Yeah. And then just thinking about that, it doesn't necessarily need to come up in the conversation, in an interview, but it just changes your mindset. It will help you during the interview process. And my challenge here to internal auditors who are out there and employed and not necessarily looking for a job, you need to be doing this <laughs> even when you're employed. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. What, how can I help this organization three to six months from now? Hey everyone, thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at Audit Board, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. Audit Board's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with Audit Board's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see Audit Board's award-winning platform in action today. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a great book that I read last year. It's called Work Rules by, uh, now I'm going to butcher his name here. I don't know exactly how to pronounce, Laszlo Bach. He used to be the VP of HR at Google. And he talks about, um, uh, I believe the, the acronym is OKR, Objective Key Results. Okay. And, and that is just like just setting some goals for yourself. How can you help your organization? And the, the gist of that book or, you know, not necessarily just the entire book, but uh, that chapter that talks about uh, setting goals was just set goals that are like out there, man. Like you don't need to like just just try to uh, set goals that are that are, you know, quote unquote, unrealistic. Yeah. But if you get halfway there, that's awesome. Right. So yeah. 
And we took, uh, we had Anne Detraglia on the show. Um, if you're listening to this one, you should be able to scroll down and not have to refresh, like go to the next page, I guess, to be able to see it. Maybe you have to go down one more, but and it was all AK. Oh, I'm sorry. It was all OKRs. Uh, that was the, the most of the conversation. So if you want to learn more about that, check out that book uh, that John mentioned. We'll put that in the show notes as well as check out Anne's episode. Um, all right. Last thing on interviews, when you and I were initially talking about this, uh, and we we're talking about this topic, you mentioned how we basically need to act like politicians or we can <laughs> act like, like that's almost like a tip or a yes. technique is like, all right, this is where you want to kind of act like a politician, uh, help the under the listeners who are like, Trent, what are you talking about? What, what you meant by that? Yeah, absolutely. I want to make it very clear here, Trent, <laughs> you know, even though we're saying act like a politician. Yeah. No. Do yeah. not lie. <laughs> that is not what's coming out here. I'm not going to encourage anyone to lie during the interview process. But I did. There's a little bit of a story behind this. And this, uh, even before I joined the internal audit professionals, you know, like we, we talked before, I was going through the process, the hiring process with the FBI. It was a long process. It was a hard process. But it was a process that I learned a lot uh, during that entire time that I was going through it. And w one of the things that I learned that I, you know, I still kind of use it to this day, which kind of relates back to, you know, having the stories, right? So uh, when I was in the interviewing process, there's like usually uh, a recruiter or recruiting person who can help you. And I had uh, the person that I had at the time was someone who was based in Omaha. She was very, you know, very like helpful, trying to help me out. Like, you're going to get this job. Yeah. And one of the things that she told me was just have anywhere between 10 and 20 stories that you can tell. And regardless of the question that comes up, <laughs> you know, you can try to morph the answer that you have to that question. Yeah. And I learned later, not when she told me that that is actually a technique that politicians use, which is called pivoting. You know, they have a talking point that they want to come that they want to get across. And, you know, if you look at any debate, any political debate out there from the last few years, whenever the tough questions come up and just like you read the answer to see if they if they actually answer yeah. the question, yeah. most likely they did not answer the question, but they right. had a, a, a talking point that they wanted to get across. So that's my message to internal authors out there. You know, think about the stories, having uh, about 10 to 20 stories that you're creating that, uh, you know, that's results-based stories that you can tell people. And when questions come up, yeah. you know, you, they, most likely than not, you can adjust or just uh i would say and i don't want this to be in, in, in you know to in a bad way but you can kind of morph your answer to the question so it's so people can you know uh, uh relate to it and it's and see the results because at the end of the day that's the most important thing that you want to get across during the, an interview process is how can i bring results to this organization yeah the, so I'm not huge into politics, um, but so I, I would draw the analogy to like coaches in sports. They get asked questions and they seem to deflect those also. It's like, can you give an injury update on this player? It's like, funny thing about injuries is it might take 24 hours or it might take 24 days. All right, next question. You're like, what? okay. Right, right. So exactly. I guess you answered the question, but not exactly what I was looking for. 
All right, let's uh, switch it up a little bit. And so, as I mentioned in the intro, John, you've been hosting an audit podcast of your own uh, for some time now. And for those that haven't checked it out, it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Um, and I know from, I don't know, we're on episode 100 something right now, just the amount of lessons learned, the things that I've learned from the guests. Um, if I was the type of person that would sit down and write a book, I probably could write a book, um, but I have zero interest in doing that. But I'm curious from from your perspective, from the folks you've talked to, what are a couple of like maybe the lessons learned or maybe even uh, mindset changes that you've had in, in talking to uh, some of the audit thought leaders that you've spoken to? Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate the comments there, Trent. Likewise, I, I follow your podcast and have been listening for, you know, since you since you started. Thank and you. we talked about when when we did the when I had you on my podcast, I started listening to you during the pandemic. It was, you know, I was there at home and trying yeah. to listen for some uh, internal audit material and I found you. So I appreciate the feedback there. Absolutely. But yeah, definitely. Uh, I would say. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind, you know, think about everybody who uh, who has been on my on my podcast is just like the depth of understanding that they have about the topic, right? I've had not one, not two, not three. <laughs> I had more mm-hmm. than three people who, you know, usually as part of my show, I send questions in advance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I had more than one person who, you know, maybe missed the email or didn't yeah. see it. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason and i'm like hey did you see the email that i sent you you know and he's like no i didn't see it uh, what's the topic we're going to be talking about i was like oh this is the topic well let's just start yeah. you know they, they, they yeah. don't care they're like i i got this man so i i think just the depth of knowledge that they have and to me that's that comes from the passion that they have mm-hmm. for the profession yeah. right yeah. so it's like they got to where they are you know, they got to be the thought leaders that they are because of the passion that they have, because of the knowledge that they have. And to me, that's that's what I've noticed across the board from all of my guests is just their ability, you know, to talk about any internal audit related topic just on the on the fly. You know, they don't need any prep. <laughs> so yeah. I, I would say that's uh, that's definitely a big thing that that stood out to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 go ahead. I was, I was going to add, yes, I was going to add, uh, like you, Trent, you, you mentioned that it kind of changed your mindset and how you think about audit. To me, it has done the same. You know, like I, we're in October of 22. Uh, I, it's in a, in, in a few weeks, it's going to be a year since I started my podcast. I can guarantee that I've learned more about internal audit in the last year than I've learned in the previous five years yeah. that I had been in the profession. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a completely game changer, you know? So yeah. very similarly, because there's so many different perspectives. I mean, we used to ask this question about, um, and we're going to ask a similar one to you, but like, what's the, the number one thing you disagree with in the profession? And nine times out of 10, it was uh, independence, something about independence. And so I got like all these different opinions about independence and anywhere from if you win a $10 gift card at a, you know, IA or ISACA event or, or, or something like that. And you're, you know, with a government uh, audit group, you can't accept that and you have to give it back, you know, that level up to, Hey, during 2020, when, you know, um, 
people in the first line couldn't do their job for whatever reason, or they got sick or something like we should put, you know, it should be okay. We'll put audit into that role if they have experience and then we can kind of course correct and, you know, even put controls in place um, against that, you know, and it was just like, I, you know, the, the range of perspectives, I guess, is what I'm getting at is just uh, fantastic. And, and something that I legit uh, <laughs> uh, sometimes at night will like ponder about those. Yeah, absolutely. To me, what it has taught me, Trent, is how much I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, there's, there's much more out there. So yeah, yeah, it's one of those, the, the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah perfect. All right. So with that uh, last question, uh, John, what's the biggest problem you see in the profession? Yeah. And this is from my limited experience in the profession. So I, I've been in the profession for a little over six years now. So mm -hmm. there are people who have been in profession much longer than me, so they may have a different perspective. Yeah. But this is my perspective. <laughs> uh, I would say, and this was something that I believe Richard Chambers wrote about either last year or this year, and he talked about how a lot of the internal auto departments that are out there are doing SOCs compliance work mm -hmm. versus risk-based audit. Mm -hmm. And I believe the figure that he had was like 70%. I know for sure it was more than 50%. Yeah. And to me, I see the I see that as a problem. Why? Because uh, you know, SOCs compliance works is 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 work that needs to be done. We can all agree on that. But there's so much more to internal audit. There's just so much more that we can add to the profession or to organizations that we work in. In um, another issue that I see with that is it, it makes it challenging from a talent and attraction yep. uh, perspective to get people excited about it, right? Yeah. You're going to tell about it like, oh, we do 70% of our work here is socks or mm -hmm. 100% of our work here is socks, you know? Are you attracting the best talent by doing that? I, you know, I, I wouldn't think so. That's that's just my perspective. So, I, I do see that as one of the biggest problems in the in the profession. And I would I would add one more thing, and this is going to be again just based on my experience, uh, a little bit of the tendency sometimes uh, to jump to conclusions mm. on things instead of trying to identify a root cause right. for issues. So there's, there's a whole process that you, you have to go through. And, you know, I had uh, Alaba Olaja as my guest and you had him too. And he yeah. talked about the why understanding right. the why and having a systemic process that, that you can go through to find uh, root cause and to find reasons. And I, I think internal auditors as a whole, we need to, to, to have that repeatable process that the same person, the same reasonable person is going to get to the same conclusion that you got. Yeah. You know, just leave your feelings, <laughs> uh, your emotions out, uh, and try to be a little more scientific, I mm -hmm. would say. We had someone on that was talking similarly about root cause and ask them about a, like a practical tip. Cause I think most people who have heard root cause and the five lies, and there's some other techniques to do that go, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. We should do that, but then to actually implement it. And so yeah. we talked about, Hey, put that as part of your, like, if you're working with audit board or whatever, 
the tool is like embed that in the process, like whether that's a check the box thing of, did you do the five whys, or if you have it laid out um, more uh, systematically, it's in the work paper somewhere, but some, right. some way that whoever's reviewing it can go, yep, you did the five whys, or, you know, you, you did this uh, root cause analysis. And um, yeah, I agree with the the finding. I think it might even fall more on management and uh, senior managers and the like to, to really force that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would agree. And I'll I'll mention here another book that I'm reading to. I'm, I'm a little bit of a book geek. geek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh it's called Think Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman and it's it's an excellent book and it talks about system 1 and system 2 thinking. And system 1 is the reactionary, it's the the instant type of thinking that you have and system 2 is the deep thinking, the slow thinking. It's methodical. It's and I, I think we need to apply more of system two thinking into internal audit. Hey everyone, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere. So please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review. And it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.